5: It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Ted Stepien, Jack Kent-Cook, Joey Devine, Michael Heisley, George Shin, John Keane! Donald Sterling! Clay Bennett! Special guest, Spencer Owen! Other special guest, Joe Quazala! Patreons, Ethan Schiller! Thank you, Ethan! Isaac Cohen! Thank you, Isaac! Zahar224, thank you 224 times, musical guest, The Eagles, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine.
1: Hi, it's me, Joey Divine. your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with America's Uncle Dad.
3: Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been making up some new pool games for my nephew, keeping my reputation intact. One of them is called Drunk Giraffe. How does that work? Um, So I'm the giraffe, and I just have my arms out like this, even though a giraffe doesn't actually do that. And uh, my nephew basically holds on to my shoulders and climbs on my back, and I stagger around the pool and spin around demanding leaves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we go to a leaf store and I have to come up with a reason why they won't serve me leaves. Um, and right. it is exhausting because he's he's bigger than he used to be.
1: Um, we have two special guests here today doing a thing that we'll get into. Uh, first off, we have <laughs> musician. Musician from the spencer owen timeshare from spencer owen we have spencer owen himself spencer owen spencer how are you doing
2: <laughs> i'm from myself and from myself i'm yeah. doing great thanks joey thanks for um, having me spencer hi sean hi. you're
1: a musician oh. a very good one who i've known for a very long time uh and oh. you have premiering today a kickstarter that I that is that is the reason for this episode. Do you want to tell our audience about your Kickstarter?
2: There are so many reasons for this episode, Joey. Do not <laughs> sell it short, but um thank you. Thank you for asking me to do this on that, on that uh, on on the behalf of my little project. I, I have a Kickstarter launching today um that is an album I recorded uh, about 15 years ago almost, that I want to get on vinyl for the first time because I, I turned to it one day. And I thought, hmm, this is still my favorite thing I've ever made. And I never got to release it in any format whatsoever. So um, it's called Let Her Dance. And I made it with a a band that is no longer uh, in existence from Santa Cruz, California, called James Rabbit. Um, And uh, we took the song Let Her Dance by Bobby Fuller 4. And we played the riff from the song for 40 minutes straight live uh, with one microphone. And then I took that recording and I overdubbed a bunch of melodics and rhythms and stuff all, all on top of it, and uh, it's 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 it sounds like a, a some experimental uh, ballyhoo, should we say, <laughs> uh, when I just <laughs> when I describe it. But uh, it is uh, something that I'm extremely proud of, and I and I can say that from the the people that have listened to it uh, that know me, they I've I've gotten probably the most positive reactions from this of anything I've done. Uh, Yeah, I'm
1: really excited about it. I'm a huge Spencer Owen fan as both a person and a musician. Musician first, funnily enough. Um, But then very quickly, person. We're also here (laughs) with another good friend of mine uh, from the Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast. Uh, From his special... Which used to be called Bleed American, but then 9 11 <laughs> happened.
6: So yeah. now
1: it is called, uh, so now it's called, uh, recommended based on your search history. Uh, one of my favorite guys, Joe Quazala. Joe, how are you doing?
4: Hey, y'all, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is a, a, a music based episode and, uh, i think i've said it a, a little bit publicly but i actually have a album coming out soon that will have music on it so you know this will be this will be an appropriately themed uh venture well
1: that's why and we asked that album you is called chinese
4: democracy <laughs> yeah. okay
1: uh
4: bleed uh, chinese yeah. is this what it's called <laughs>
1: Uh, unfortunately, it did have a song about how New York City cops aren't smart, but you had to cut Ooh, it again so. because 9-11 <laughs> hey man. Yeah, it's um, really,
4: this has been, yeah. I, and I am releasing it in September, so I am, like, crossing my fingers there's not another one. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, uh, but before we get into our music theme of this episode, there was actual basketball news that happened today. Then mm. Joe and Spencer... Are not basketball fans, but we're gonna make them talk about this news anyway. Uh, Let's go to the news.
0: This is Round Ball Rock News, basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process.
1: Okay, Joe and Spencer, I'm going to walk you through this very slowly. So there's this man named James Harden who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers.
3: Beard. Uh, Yeah, he's famous for having a beard. Um, uh, uh, He's best friends with rapper Lil Baby. He once mm -hmm. gave him uh, just a... A big brick uh, of Louis cash Beacon for his birthday. A of yeah. cash. That yeah. fucking rocks. Oh, Honestly. Oh, it was like 200, $250,000, I think. I think that's might have been, It might have been half a million, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
4: James James Harden also has a candy, like a gummy Mm-hmm. based around his head yeah he's,
1: yes he's, yes, he's yes, got a beard it's a very but, uh... specific profile <laughs> now a couple of months ago james harden for the four third time in his career third demand- time in
3: the last uh, in the last three years three yeah. years
1: yeah demanded a trade from the philadelphia 76ers and uh the gm of the sixers daryl morey um said he was working on the trade but then on saturday uh announced that the philadelphia 76ers were not going to trade james harden because he couldn't get a deal that he liked and is expecting james harden to show up to work now james harden currently is on a uh shoe tour in china which is something nba (laughs) players do and uh today in the middle of a big event Full of uh, people, he grabbed the microphone and said, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's part of again. Then, the funniest thing he did, he got on a moped. And drove it around the basketball court and then drove out of the basketball court because all that and a secret thing about all NBA contracts is uh, they are forbidden to drive mopeds because you fall off them and hurt your ankles. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So my question for you guys is uh, what's the most extreme behavior you've ever done to get fired from a job?
2: <laughs> oh my god
4: wow i mean i'm a real I don't, I don't know about spencer but i'm a relatively mild-mannered uh chill dude uh, i did spencer so is james harden
1: to be fair
6: <laughs>
4: yeah i don't know about you spencer you don't strike me as like a a, a maniac <laughs> i've only gotten laid off i've never gotten fired i've only
2: gotten laid off but uh
4: yeah i mean i mean I have uh, I have done I I had a, a shift in my life when I was working at a uh, grocery store as a cashier when I was in college, like summer in mm-hmm. between years in college. So working at a place called Treasure Island in mm-hmm. Chicago, which sounds much more exciting than it is. It's just a grocery <laughs> store. Uh, there's no treasure. There's nothing island like yeah. about it. Uh but i found myself stressing out about the job and then suddenly i was like wait a second i don't care if i get fired like i'm in college <laughs> this is not my career i don't and mm-hmm. every job every like day job i've had since then i've gone into it with that mentality where i'm like if i get fired that's fine and i had an i had an office job in chicago where like i was supposed to be there at 10 sometimes i'd show up at like 130 and just <laughs> like who like and i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, do the work either mm-hmm.
1: so yeah this you are james harden that's yeah. what you're I telling mean, it, but yeah.
4: but it, it, you know he's much more uh kind of ostentatious about it My, i was able to get away with what i was doing because one nobody was paying attention to me and then it, what had happened is i had been hired by a guy who like left very quickly and then like the succession of bosses, like that happened after that, I they just like didn't know about me, um, and then also <laughs> the, the um, other people in the office were so old they didn't know that you could be on a computer and not working. Yeah, yeah. so they thought I was like really devoted to the job because I was. I was in front of the computer, but really what I was doing was like dicking around on the internet for, yeah. you know, six or seven hours straight. I think on
2: like a dictionary.com word of the day the email that I used to get like 20 years ago, uh, the only one that ever stuck in my mind was the word sinecure, which is a <laughs> oh, yeah. word for a job where you have no uh, essentially outlined tasks. You just kind of fill a position and don't really do anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, ever ever since I heard that term, I thought that would be really, I mean, early on, I thought that would be great. Like (laughs) that would be good. Mm -hmm. And now when I've like talked to people about that, who've had those jobs, they have said that it was torture. Mm -hmm. Some of them, some of them though, (laughs) Joe, like Joe, did you think that was torture? Because some people have said, like, I felt like I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my entire life.
4: In those moments. Well, no, no. I mean, it was the opposite of torture because I didn't want to be there and I could do whatever I wanted. And if they did fire me, like I could see how it would be scary if I like wanted to rise the ranks of that in that place. But I didn't. Uh, I even like that first boss that I mentioned who left at one point offered me a better job where he had gone to because he was mm-hmm. rising the ranks. And he was like do you want to come with me and i was like no <laughs> well, here's the thing <laughs> it seems like you know being his assistant would have been a lot of work and what i was doing was like uh reading movie reviews like yeah. taking mm-hmm. online quizzes g chatting yeah and okay and occasionally actually with some regularity printing out scripts for my sketch show at (laughs) on the printer in the office. I just had unlimited like resources. It was just it. Yeah. And nobody bothered me. So I was like, Nah, I'm, thank you for the offer, but I'm good. <laughs> good.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's like not existentially terrifying
3: the way that mm-hmm. some people make it sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's it was like short term, too. You knew you weren't going to be there that long. And I, I knew I wouldn't even be in
4: Chicago that
3: long. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it
4: was just like, yeah, I do, I do not. I would be able to find something new if they were like, you have disgraced us and you've brought great dishonor to the central offices of chicago public schools uh it would not have affected what i
3: wanted to do you would have just been highest. like okay yeah oh no too bad so we had uh so my the most impressive example of this i've ever seen would does relate to 9-11 um perfect I thank, used god. To work, thank god I, <laughs> I used to work in the uh clock tower at uc berkeley and there was a woman whose job it was like Five dollars to go up and like free if you were a student. So working the job at the bottom where you took the money was really good because it was really cool. It was all made of limestone, and the elevator took like was like a 10-minute round trip, and only like four people could go at once. So it was just an incredibly slow-paced job. Uh, but they didn't trust the students with the money. So there was a woman whose job was just to like open it up release the money, count the money at the end of the day. So after 9-11, they closed the tower because obviously Towers. Al-Qaeda would want to knock down Towers. literally any tower.
4: It, just, yeah, they, it was the shape were, that was... they were going after. Was, you know, a, a
3: city like Berkeley that's notoriously uh, so patriotic and uh, yeah. unfriendly to anti-government. Uh, so the woman whose job was really just to count the money from the tower didn't have anything to do And I think they were just hoping she would quit. And she just went into the main visitor center office. She would sit in a chair and she wouldn't do anything else. She wouldn't like read or anything. She would just sit there and like put in the time. And after like six months, they finally just gave her like early retirement. Wow. But they said it was so uncomfortable because she didn't have a desk and it was like a place where other people were working. She was just quietly sitting in the chair, uh, you know, taking the breaks like a at monk. the right times.
6: She's and that's monk. like,
3: that was like, oh my God, you are a strong, like, I underestimated your willpower. I would get so uncomfortable like six minutes into that, and I'd be like, I, I should just resign. I, I um, I'm really impressed. Up. I'm very impressed. Yeah. I also I've... bet she could have
4: gotten away with a book. Just, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I also think yeah. so. It's Berkeley, like.
2: No, that's religious <laughs> fortitude, is what yeah. that is. <laughs> that's like that's like actually practicing something. Like yeah. she's like, hmm.
1: When I was I working sit? at the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company, uh-huh. when it was really slow and boring <laughs> and raining and no one would want to go home, I would uh. I would play a game where I would pay people money to drink things they shouldn't drink. And, uh, I paid a guy $20 to drink two shot, two little ramekins of drawn butter that was there for the lobster and then a little ramekin of malt vinegar. And he did it and then immediately threw up, said he was too sick to work and went home and I never
3: saw him again. Oh wow. I would I like t- to see James Harden start doing that. Uh, just like, hey, this I was going to give this brick to little baby, yeah. but uh, <laughs> Tobias Harris, if you uh, drink this uh, real hot, a shot glass of hot sauce, and then,
1: <laughs> um, so let's uh. There is a musical. There, there is a musical element to this story. I want to. Oh, yes. I want to play you guys. Um. So Daryl Morey, the man who, according to James Harden, is a liar, mm-hmm. is obsessed with musical theater. I don't have an answer, mm-hmm. And he once okay. uh produced a musical when he was in Houston called Small Ball that was a basketball themed episode uh, musical uh about a. An island of Lilliputians who want to start a basketball team—that's what it is, right, Sean?
3: Mm, yeah, <laughs> he—they don't have the cons. They, for some reason, they don't have a concept of the number five, mm-hmm. so it's confusing. But, but he's. Right. He's full yeah. size, and they're little, and there's sex in the musical. Well,
1: that's I'm gonna play oh, that no, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here is the song <laughs> "Sex with Giants" from Daryl Morey's musical "Small Ball." Small
0: ball. You can walk into the ancient cave, or unlock the rune inscribed chest, and just find rocks, or a moth, or nothing. What's
6: your point?
0: That His Highness is proposing to run a team on mystery. A mystery that is ungraspable by anyone but you. Our numbers, lady. Look. Your are Hortense the elephant, you're all about that thing that we commoners just can't get, can't see. But what if we can't? Not because it's not real, but because it's actually inconsequential. The people on that elephant's dust speck, so what if they were there? Was there any chance for meaningful exchange between okay, that Okay, first, dust... first off, before we get past this that. Is, this, this is <laughs>
2: impossible to understand. This is like, this <laughs> Like unparsable. Yeah, uh, I think it would have more sex.
1: Yeah, well, we're getting there. Don't worry. Uh, But I just, Joe, you were making a series of faces that I want you to audibly, well,
4: yeah, <laughs> audibly tell the listeners at, about. I mean, it's just like I mean, like Spencer said, it's I don't know at all what's happening. Uh-huh. But then at a certain point, you're like. <laughs> Are they improvising this? (laughs) Like, there doesn't seem to be any, like, rhyme scheme, Uh and it just feels... Yeah, like they're just kind of following whatever win they happen to stumble upon.
1: And you're from Chicago, so you know when people are improv Mm -hmm. It's part of- Well, you're not from there, but you live there.
4: I know when Baby Wants Candy, which is a reference to a musical improv group uh, out of Chicago. And uh, yeah, no, listen, if you want me to start rattling off the names of musical improv- groups. Cupid has a heart on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that coming in the song? Is that line in the song? Uh,
1: Well, I'm going to jump ahead here. Let's see if I can get to...
0: Ventures you don't go on Some water from dark wells you leave undrawn Long nights of the soul that know no dawn Puzzling duckling that's a crow and not a swan. Wow. There are mysteries you don't want to dwell on. There are.
1: See, I used to be able to jump right to the part where he's talking about how people want to have sex with giants. Hold on.
0: There are adventures. (laughs)
1: i also, don't know where it is anymore though is quickly, the problem yeah go ahead is it about basketball yes the <laughs> lead character, some indication yeah the lead character's name is michael jordan but the small people have hired someone that's not the michael jordan to lead their basketball team.
2: <laughs> is this an exp- like is this what f- sect of theater is this like it this is so abstract look we've been
1: we've been tweeting at Daryl Morey for years to come mm-hmm. on and talk to us about this play and he <laughs> so does crazy. not respond we did a
3: um, late Miserables song about Luka Doncic purely to appeal to him and uh, nothing <laughs>
1: um all right that leads us into the other musical reason we're here
2: Oh wow, um, we don't get to hear this. Okay, All Oh right. yeah, well, Fair I can't enough. find it. I can't find uh, it on yeah.
1: my Oh, hold on. Is it here? We're going to have I think with we're just going to have to
5: bigger people. You can't combine the issues. They're
0: the exact same issue. Exact same.
5: How possibly
1: are
0: adding adding. <laughs> you want to add to the team. Lily's over there, just over there. Want to get naked yeah, with Yeah, just here we a go. There we go. Nonsense. Phil, he's just Ooh. We wanna get naked with giants or know what's between four and six, how to bring the parts into compliance. I just cannot grasp a mechanic oh god do we want to have sex with giant sex with giants. sex with giants. Sex,
3: giant sex there it is all right all right palmer <laughs>
2: is amanda palmer involved in this yeah. <laughs> that's the question <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I'm just uh, glad you mentioned the the five thing, Sean, because yeah, that really that, that line really sense. jumped out.
3: Also, I don't really understand how they have the other numbers and not five. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Well,
1: it's like me. that Mr. Show sketch where they can't the mobsters 24. can't uh, count what the highest number is. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: Thank you, thank
1: you, Joey Spencer. We've had you on before. Don't thank me for making you do this. Uh, <laughs> well, by again, the way, this twice. is this, it,
3: we we will just want to say for for guests. We we like having people on to plug their things. We don't always make them earn it quite yeah, as the hard as Spencer. That, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. do. Same with Joe. You're both. <laughs> we're like, sorry
1: i, only ask, we're about guys, to talk I about. only ask you guys to do this because we're actual friends and i know you won't unfriend me <laughs> not for, <life>. for long <laughs> <laughs> so spencer how long ago was it that we had you on two and years man, now
2: man it was april 2020 which is crazy to imagine yeah. because like I, I i looked back at that time stamp and i was just like were we ever so everything? Like it yeah. was like April twenty twenty. You know, need I say more than yeah? That? I Not don't to I make do.
1: COVID worse, but we made it worse by making Spencer listen to the <laughs> owner of the Knicks, James Dolan's newest album. And uh, we had Spencer and Joe on now to talk about James Dolan's earliest album that is available. He has two more albums that came before this. But this is the earliest one on the streaming services. That's right. We listen to JD and the Straight Shots, Ballyhoo. 100% acoustic. If you look at the if you look at the cover, it's a big way to sell this album is that it's all acoustic. Um, Joe, first question, because you're new to this. I want to ask you, what do you know about JD and the Straight Shot going into this?
4: I mean, I think you had brought it up to me a number of times. It's true. I only talk about like four things. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, uh, yeah, I, (laughs) I, I, I'm familiar with his, you know, his connection to Madison Square Garden. And also, you know, that in that, um, through that, his connection to Irving Azoff, who is, like, a major player in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and, yeah, and then I, I've sk- I've skimmed his Wikipedia page since I knew this was happening, and I mm-hmm. was horrified.
1: Yeah. Um, he's not a great guy. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no. Or a good uh, basketball owner. He's actually a terrible basketball owner. Um, but, uh, Sean, go ahead. You were going to no, say No, he
6: just...
3: He just he's the owner of the Knicks. He inherited the team from his dad. It's basically mm-hmm. a cable company that bought the Knicks and now they're like a real estate company that happens to own a basketball team. Is that is that correct basically? Yeah. Um he extracted he basically made the owner of the Clippers give him a billion dollars for the forum to avoid being sued. Mm-hmm. Uh right now he's pushing for uh New York City to Uh, renovate Penn Station, which is right by Madison Square Garden Mm -hmm. because he would get like a billion dollar payout for demolishing this little theater there. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Got COVID really early Mm -hmm. in COVID. And gave it to (laughs) one of our friends.
1: Uh, Our our friend Shane Torres thinks he got COVID from James (laughs) Dolan Dolan? (laughs) because he did a show. He did a show and Dolan was there and shook his hand. And then two days later, he announced James Dolan had yeah. COVID, and then right, Shane I, I Torres had COVID. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, right. I, I don't know. Jesus. That's not my story to tell. We'll have Shane on maybe sometime so, to talk about that. Yeah,
3: and so his band his band is JD and Straight Shot, and they yeah. are Roots, would you uh, say? They, Americana. Americana, yeah. Americana, yeah.
1: Ugh, Americant. Um, so my first <laughs> yeah. question for you guys is, uh, as a musician and a music expert, Joe, what what do you describe yourself as? You're, uh... He's a musician. He's a musician, I I guess technically,
4: but also, you know, I guess a a, a, a light music historian. Yeah, you're a historian, yeah. Yeah. Are there... My question is, are there
1: any good Americana bands in the first place?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Right, because... I mean do you i guess do you consider that the maybe origin point uh of this style of music to be the band like i i love the band they're one of my all-time favorites and i would hate to compare them even indirectly to whatever uh Dolan thinks he's doing but i i do think if you trace it back that's probably a but the thing—the thing is—when I kept listening to to Dolan, there was such a blues element mm-hmm. to it that really felt oh, yeah. offensive to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, like this <laughs> was the, uh, you know, we—it's it, often discussed, you know, that blues is black American music, and when white guys do it, there the, something feels kind of wrong about it Mm -hmm. but you know some white guys can do it justice but hearing james dolan take on the blues Mm -hmm. really felt uh it's like one of the most racist things that wasn't (laughs) technically racist (laughs) yes i felt like i've i've ever uh experienced
1: see i was listening to this particular album uh, and the first thought that came to my head, my mind is it's so funny. This guy had a billionaire dad and then inherited a billion dollars when really all he wants to do is be the band that plays the Horseshoe Lounge at Disneyland, which is that I- like cowboy the like cowboy saloon where you get uh,
2: churros. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to make a similarly low cultural reference, which is like you know, not that I don't like things about this. My spouse is a huge fan, but like if anyone's ever seen the TV show Firefly, mm-hmm. the yes! theme song for
6: that yes! show
2: <laughs> is this album basically in a
4: nutshell. Like that's just Oof. what it is. Sound That's what it sounds like. Um, the well- blues filtered through
3: Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, learning learning that some of this music has been on TV did not surprise me because it did feel like, mm-hmm. like whitewashed. Uh, cable television bullshit like Um, it would fit fit in that world
2: i made a specific note about a song that that i'll have to that'll loop back to that Well, before we
1: get into that i have jd and the straight shots biography up here okay great and uh in it they say inspired by artists such as fleetwood mac crosby stills nash and young civil wars (laughs) jefferson airplane the turtles Three Dog Night, and The Yardbirds. JD in the Straight Shot delivers a sweet sound and strong songwriting mixed with the
3: swagger of rock and roll. I will say it does sound like he spent a bunch of money on it. Yeah, people
4: play, people, like, talented musicians are playing on this album. But he
3: is not talented, like... Um, Maybe we should just get into the songs and talk about it as we go. But like, there's something about what you.
1: Well, I I do want to point out after. Go
3: ahead. Go ahead, Spencer.
2: I was just gonna say, after listening to two albums by this band, incredibly. uh, uh, (laughs) The name, the Jefferson Airplane really jumped out at me because (laughs) I keep wondering, like, what the fuck is this psychedelia that keeps coming up in this music? and that basically explains it there like just name and dropping that band is like that's all you need to know um anyway
1: we should also point out before we
2: get into this
1: um if you go see a band at madison square garden there is especially of a certain generation there is a chance that the man who owns the venue will be opening for them with his terrible band Uh, And don't worry, that is also in the uh, biography. J.D. in the Straight Shot has toured alongside uh, musical luminaries like the Doobie Brothers, Chicago, the Eagles, Keith Urban, Don Henley, Dixie Chicks, Jewel, Joe Walsh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and more. So... Um, we alongside,
3: not very familiar with the nitty gritty dirt band but I I feel like they're a good match for the nitty gritty dirt band (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, Uh, so yeah we listened to 2016's Ballyhoo uh, and here is a little bit of I cannot believe how boring this first track is I'm gonna go right off the bat and say this album takes three tracks for me to even remember a song Um, And then that third track is uh, a little too memorable, but we'll get to that. Here's (laughs) track one,
7: Empty. I'm empty as a promise. All right, I would
1: say that's the kicker.
3: That's the kicker
6: there. Um,
2: I would
1: say so clever. Empty is uh, it's a real canary in the coal mine for uh this album in that every song is going to sound exactly like that for forty five minutes.
4: I will say as a as an opener on this album, they they're hiding his voice for as long as they can. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Totally, it gets really much harder to listen to his singing <laughs> as, it, as it goes on. But yeah, he has like he has like talented backup singers, and this one he's almost getting away with like Rex Harrison style, just talking his way through the song.
1: Well, um, except he's not even good at that, which we'll get to when we get to Ballyhoo, where he does <laughs> like a like a carnival barker thing. Um, yeah. does anyone um, have anything to say about the track empty? Because I do not, yeah.
4: absolutely not.
3: Well, I, I, I thought this sounded like it should have been from the soundtrack of the film, Oh Brother, Why Art Thou Like This?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's my own wordplay, Dolan.
2: I, I, I yeah, the, the dude thinks he's so goddamn clever. I, 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 I mean, I. I I I just repeated the same process I repeated for did for the first time because I listened back to the episode and I just wanted to you know get my grounding you know get give, give give us some context for this session um, and so I just wrote little notes for every every track um, I couldn't help it I just wrote oh J D I was just <laughs> like that's just the first. <laughs>
1: Uh oh, Spencer, you're breaking up. We're having internet problems. I'm sorry. Sorry about that.
4: It's all good. So, when um, when you were gone, I got to say I did feel a little empty.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's sweet. Thanks. Um yeah, no. Uh he I think he's doing an offensive voice in this song even though he <laughs> is is pretty much like singing, you know, he, he's capably carrying it like like throughout the choruses. Uh uh, he, he says, work my fingers to the bone. He does say the like, oh, bone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, yeah.
4: There's some of that uh, implicit racism. Yeah, kind of exactly. <laughs>
2: And I and I also I also wrote down: Is it possible for a song to be too acoustic?
6: That's because that was the
2: first thought I had. Like about a minute into this, I was like, I think that's what's happening here. That's probably the best way to describe the arrangement. Well, it is important. uh, Again,
1: I pointed out, but the cover of the album has a little band on it that says "a hundred percent acoustic."
6: Yeah, as if that has
1: ever been a selling point for anything ever.
3: Her. Um, d- which detected uh, alternating current like a- <laughs> <laughs> i gotta I, I gotta say he I, I would say the voice feels a little racist but i think he's actually trying to appor- appropriate working culture here yes yeah. he's like work my fingers to the bone but he's like a horrible boss mm-hmm. so this is like this is like a song he would play for the pinkertons <laughs> to, like, fire them up. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. All right. Very I'm going gonna, gonna to move on to track two, which, again, for me, was another forgettable track. Uh, it's called, but, again, implicitly problematic, I think, in that uh, a man from New York who's a billionaire uh, named it Better Find a Church.
6: Um, <laughs>
7: <laughs> when you find a church
4: when you walk through the fire, yeah, that was okay.
7: <laughs> that was actually the one
4: note yeah. I had, which this sounds like. I, I only thought that now. I didn't think that when
3: I was first listening to it. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it. It feels like a matchup, a matchup of that and the Justified theme song.
1: <laughs> uh, his, it sounds like a really bad wire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? version. When walk through that. that's what you've done.
7: It smells sweet.
1: I will say, in future albums we've heard, we've heard, (laughs) 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 he stops doing this, he does this a lot, which... On this album, he has a lot of people who can actually sing singing behind him. Like there's one track. I can't remember if it's this one or if it's Glide that opens with like a Crosby, Stills, Nash thing before he comes in. And it's Mm -hmm. like really the juxtaposition of his voice and a real singer's voice is uh, jarring and scary.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, it's not it's not good. This one I my first thought when I heard this is that James Dolan thinks this sounds really sexy.
6: <laughs>
1: oh.
3: Like this don't is- don't you think he's like, yeah, this is uh I'm I'm really crooning on this one.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it there is a similarity for sure. Uh, between this and the last album we did The Great Divide With the bees song Where he's like Bees can sting like honey And I have a clip oh, of that ooh, one here Oh
3: god I hate that song
7: Cause Bees can give you honey But honey They can sting you too
4: uh-huh. Um kind of lost me on the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> all of us are like this.
6: What?
4: <laughs> okay. How okay. the
2: idea the idea is explored. There's no denying that the idea is explored in any given.
1: Uh, well, I can't wait to get to nature's way there because I have a lot to say about the metaphor for nature's way, but uh, better find a church. Again, this is actually where I want to talk about uh this album versus the last album, Spencer, because the last album we listened to also has this kind of, this one like kind of waltzy song. Um and this one is so much worse than that last one. It does prove that JD and the straight shot have gotten better, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I is. guess
3: I would acknowledge that. <laughs> it's
2: a little more listenable. The album we did before is a little more listenable uh-huh uh th- this one this one i yeah i really had nothing to say about it i i the spotify lyrics are time synced which is impressive that's like means that somebody put some time into it uh the the programming there but they are also riddled with typos and mistakes so that's funny um but uh i also watched uh i, I watched so i watched a video uh, a couple videos to prep for this of the band playing these songs live, oh. and there's one that's like a four-song set for something called AOL Build, um, which is which is like their speaker series, I guess, but they also had JD play four songs with his band, um, and uh, I don't have much to say. They, they played both Empty and Better Find a Church, and I don't have much to say about those performances except he is a, va- a vacuum of charisma uh, and like in, especially in this song, he has the the, the violinist singing do du- uh, uh, a duet with him, singing like basically the whole song in mm-hmm. unison with him. Mm-hmm. And there's no charisma, there's no chemistry. There, he he occasionally looks over at her, like leers over at her, and there's like nothing. nothing. Well, that's because she is his employee, Spencer. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> so yeah, so so uh, I mean, I I I didn't even get much from that. This is this song is a. Is a
1: Dead zone. Well, so we'll I'm, glad, say, oh, go ahead, sorry. I'm glad we've had nothing to say about the first two tracks, because I think we're going to have a lot well, to say about the third track.
3: I, I have one oh, more. I have one more thing to say, which is that my note on this song was they're really protecting his voice. His voice is still way too far up in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yep. true.
1: Well, um, last album, we had <sighs> a song about Harvey Weinstein. Um mm-hmm. and this I album. Should have known. Uh, yeah, it was called I Should Have Known and how he would have beat up Harvey Weinstein if he knew, except everyone knew. So anyway. <laughs> also um, he's
3: a creep. Yeah. He, he's paid out <laughs> tens of millions of dollars in sexual harassment uh, judgments.
1: Um but mm. this one is called uh, Under the Hood. And under it that is hood. I Under That Hood. You. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Under That Hood. And it's about um Trayvon Martin. Uh, I'm gonna play the beginning here, because, uh, it, of course, uh, it's, it's a, it's a song that changes perspectives.
6: (laughs) Yeah,
7: play it, JD. Yeah. Hot Florida night, out on patrol. Keeping the bad boys under control, it's all good in the neighborhood (laughs) Who's that walking a shadow in the street? Looks like trouble from my judgment seat, there's no good under that hood. Okay, so full disclosure.
1: I knew this song was on this album. Uh I knew I'd never heard it before, but when we got to this point in the song, knowing JD's politics, I was like, "Oh no." Oh.
4: Like it's oh, a George Zimmerman apology. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is
1: like a George Zimmerman song. Luckily, I mean I
4: not luckily, but it does someone did make
3: him change the lyrics to be (laughs) there was was just clearly a moment when he read that story in the paper and months later finally for the first time heard the phrase all good in the hood
1: Uh and he was like
3: i found it i found my in this is how i can talk about the trayvon
1: and it's uh I pulled what I felt was uh, the deepest section lyrically here. I'll play that. Uh. Oh, good.
7: Nothing in his pocket but candy and a pot. What made him different and why'd can get stuck? The color of his skin or a hoodie on his head. It ain't no reason for the boy to be dead.
4: I mean, here's, here's a song where I wonder if he insisted, like, don't hide my voice, because like he's he's really front and center in a way uh-huh. that, like, w- undermines any possible thing he's <laughs> attempting to get across. Like You just can't, like, I mean, obviously the lyrics are stupid and, like, the fact that he thinks he's the one to deliver this message, but then the fact that it's like, it's only got there <laughs> and a pop the fact that a man
1: yeah he is not this is not a man who calls soda pop I'm gonna go out he's from Cleveland yeah
4: Um, you know, regionally, that that I honestly does and, that and, and track I'm, okay? Sorry, I think that might track
1: okay. Sorry, JD
4: being, <laughs> being from that, that part of the country. And I listen, I it pains me to have to uh to defend say this,
2: but, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that this was, is I should have known, but I did, I didn't know that this was um on this and I didn't know what it was about until about a minute into the song. Oh, oh, I was listening oh. to the lyrics and I was like. Oh, my God, this Uh (laughs) is no mistaking the topic of this song. (laughs) See, Joe was
1: texting me and he was like, I'm seven songs in and I can't believe. And I'm like, hey, at least you're not going to hear... Another song about Trayvon Martin, and Joe responded, "I am not listening to the lyrics. I did not realize there was a Trayvon Martin.
0: Oh my <laughs> god! Oh.
6: I was
4: multi- i was multitasking uh, in a way that is could only be descri- described as disrespectful to this podcast. I, uh, well, I
3: was doing—I was doing laundry when I listened to it the first time, and once once it went under that hood, I just stopped and sat down on the couch
2: for a minute."
6: <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: well, I I went I went and listened to it because in our in our uh, text, when you guys were texting earlier, you were like, make sure to buckle in for a chat about this one. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll I'll listen again. And as I was listening to it again, I thought this listening to this twice is really a tough call Mm -hmm. as a human being like. This
3: one may be, be the like worst song it, I've right. ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I, 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 I was like, this is much worse than any of the other James Dolan songs. And I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't heard a worse song.
1: I actually disagree. I think there are two worse songs on this album. Like what? this <laughs> one is worse. I mean, this is bad from like a uh, humanity standpoint, but from a Mm -hmm. song standpoint, I think there are two worse songs on (laughs) this particular album.
3: Um. Um, So, yeah, he should have to pay. How much money do you think he should have to pay Trayvon Martin's family for releasing this song? Like (laughs) $300,000? I was going to say $10 million. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) that might be aiming a little low. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I i already have a thing where like if I hear a song that just defends my aesthetic sensibilities, mm-hmm. I come up with a, an amount that <laughs> that someone should be fined, just like in general find. And like usually it's like yeah, fifty thousand for this one. But like now I'm like, yeah, 10 million seems like a a a a floor the floor. Given <laughs> given the amount of money
1: particular.
4: this this guy has. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um I, you got to get that sweet sweet cable vision money. Um all right. Let's oh, move on boy, to that was bad. perdition <laughs> track 4. <laughs> um I'm just going to pick anywhere randomly in this one.
7: Into Good idea. Perdition. <laughs>
1: okay he rhymes perdition in condition um
4: can i make a request and i can't believe i'm doing this but like (laughs) each of these tracks i would like to hear how they start and then yes yes we can do that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, here's how this one
1: starts here's how perdition starts
7: Man needs a reason to live. That's will <laughs> and purpose to see him through. Gives all he can give. Till there's nothing left to lose. I like that they put echo
1: on his voice in this one. There's I will say that. Left
6: to lose. <laughs>
3: uh yeah it's when a, do you think he learned the word perdition did he did he see with, the
2: movie road to perdition i have a treat for you guys which is so i remember i mentioned aol build right? yes <laughs> you did yeah i can't believe that's so coming back i wrote down the intro to this his spoken intro to this song he, oh thank he did some you banter leading up to this song um and by the way this is but just to, to also call back to what joe said earlier about tv I wrote, is this like a sound sense of anarchy like kind of thing? Like like this just sounded like he was trying to get on that show. Um mm-hmm. but like although it might have been after that show ended, whatever. It just didn't matter. Um here's what he wrote. Here's, here's what he said. Am I frozen by the way? No, you're good. You're you're, you're chopping a little you're bit. You're chopping, but, but, but it's getting. okay. Now you're frozen. Yeah. <laughs> now you're okay. back. My apologies once more. Okay, great. Here's what he says. I'll make it quick. This next one's called Perdition, and it's going to be in a movie that's coming out next month called Jane Got a Gun with Natalie Portman. <laughs> it's a western shoot 'em up, and about every thirty seconds, somebody dies horribly. <laughs> uh, and then somebody off this on stage says something off mic, and he says he, he like some, and and he chuckles, and he's like, <laughs> "Story of your life, right? Great." Bizarre, (laughs) super bizarre. Some weird tragedy being invoked there. Anyway, and then he says, "Anyway, then they end up going to perdition. So here it is." And then
4: I and see. Here's the thing. I thought maybe this movie like never happened, but I looked Mm it up. Nope, and it did. And in the soundtrack, uncredited is per (laughs) perdition. (laughs) <laughs> I am list prediction as an uncredited part of Uncredit.
3: the soundtrack. So, by must... the way, twenty-five million dollar budget, three point eight million dollar box office.
1: To be fair, uh, it is a Gavin O'Connor movie, and that guy makes some sort of okay stuff. Uh, Warrior's really good. I liked Mayor of East Town. Um, all right. Uh...
4: <sighs> <sighs> Let's move Jane on. Got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Gato gun is that like what i mean that can't be maybe Jane anyway we don't need to get into whatever
2: um the influence does feel like the the influence was subconscious there possibly.
1: yeah Yeah. um all right let's move on to the next track uh this one is called glide uh and it has kind of a long intro so i'm gonna skip a little bit in for joe uh here's the intro to glide
6: This is the Crosby Still side. Snatch and Young
1: intro that I remember. Close your
6: eyes
7: and just glide. <laughs> hold, hold on tight <laughs> to the stream.
1: Um, and then we'll skip in oh. a little bit here.
7: A little.
1: Yeah, this is the one that's about, like, swinging on a swing set and flying a kite and how it sucks to be an old man who owns the New York Knicks.
4: do <laughs> you think? The musician's worked for half a day <laughs> like realistically a full day half a day i how much time if you're a professional musician how much time do you really devote to i mean i unless he's paying you like a crazy day rate yeah because he's got the money but like i figure still it's got to be like even for for him it's like i'm coming in for a day and if you'd be like, I want to hear, I want you to try that again. No. <laughs> like I played what I played.
3: It's- well, he did produce a video for this one. Yeah. This is the single, I believe. This is the one where he's constantly cocking his head to the side and kind of closing his eyes as he sings, because of course he closes his eyes when he sings. Um, anyway, like- the video involves a dog sled <sighs> <sighs> and he's what? singing on the dog sled. Are
4: there, I guess, are there permanent members of the straight shot? Yes, I guess. there are. So that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. I would. I guess maybe if they played. I don't know.
1: I think he pays the straight shot a, a retainer, lot of money. Like a full salary, I think they're yeah. on a yearly salary would be
3: my guess. <laughs> is that, that is one thing about him and uh, the New York Knicks is that he is a bad owner, but he's not afraid to spend money. Mm hmm. And to spend like lots of money just uh, harassing people who crossed him
6: mm-hmm. by
3: he like Spike booing Lee at a out Knicks of a, game. He
1: kicked Spike Lee yeah. out of a Knicks game.
3: I mean, he's um, going after like an entire giant law firm and anyone they do business with using facial recognition to mm-hmm. keep them out of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and that's not the thing just he's for Knicks right things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he kicked a child out of an ice show. Uh, because out of ice campaigns, because uh, her mom was employed by a firm that was Suing in him. some kind of and he's in yeah. legal action constantly with everybody. Yeah. But so. I, real,
1: I bet because I think this is the only thing that gives him any joy whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I think he pays these people a lot of money to be in his band. But I don't know listeners if you know a member of the straight shot or are a member of the straight shot, please, uh, call us on the phone and leave a voicemail. I will change your voice using, uh, audi- my, uh, my yes, high tech no audio. equipment. Ever... No one will know. And let us know how much you make a year as a member of JD of the straight shot. Mm-hmm. Spencer, yeah. what notes do you have on glide?
2: Uh, I, I- for about a like a, less than a minute there, I thought like I would kind of enjoy this song if it weren't by this band, <laughs> like like it, it like I'd be like I mentioned Fair I I mentioned Fairport Convention the last time mm-hmm. we we were on, and that came to mind again with this one, you know. But his voice is just so chunky; he just shouldn't mm-hmm. be like the singer of any band. Uh, well,
1: especially the harmonies on this that the band are doing are, like, really tight behind They're good, him. yeah. Yeah, and it's very... Again, it's very upsetting to hear the, the juxtaposition.
2: But it was nice to hear a major key, you know? I was just yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right. Unreal. Like, we're getting a major key here. That was cool. And on AOL build, and this is the last time I'm going to mention that, <laughs> he said... It's really a song about keeping the feeling of a child alive inside yourself, which is something that sometimes is not so easy to do as an adult. So we have a song to help you along. That's what he said about Glide.
1: (laughs) I hate it. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, Now it's time for what I think is the worst song on this album. Uh, And it is called Nature's Way, track six. Here's how it starts, Joe. Like if Owen Pallet was terrible. Um,
7: <laughs> it's nature's way of telling you something wrong. What does that it's mean? It's nature's way of telling well, you because we're never gonna here. learn that. It's nature's way of receiving you. It's nature's way of retrieving. <laughs> It's nature's way of telling you something's wrong. It's nature's way, it's
6: nature's
7: way. Alright,
6: this is what one is that he talking I about? I what know. is
1: nature's way? But there is one that I I this is one I pulled Ugh. a clip from because when this section <laughs> of the song happened, I laughed out loud. Uh, so here's the clip I pulled. <laughs> It's nature's
7: way of telling you summer breeze. It's nature's way of telling you dying trees.
1: That's right. The lyrics are, it's nature's way of telling you summer breeze. It's nature's way of telling you dying trees. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> No.
3: <laughs> what have you done, James? Like, wh- <laughs> I do you th- that's how that's how nature retrieves and receives you. <laughs> so- retrieves. <as> in- <laughs> like na- nature retrieves you? Like, like it sounds like he's talking about dying, but then I don't I don't like did he have a heart attack? Like what is I can't. That's a good theory that he's having heart he? Does he always, like, feel the wind and go, like, something's wrong? (laughs) This is how nature tells you something's wrong? You feel a breeze? Yeah. What is nature's way of telling you
2: something's wrong? I'm
3: being retrieved right now. Wait, is
4: this, like, uh, (laughs) anti-gay?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a thought I had too, but I didn't know how to square the circle. You know, like when,
4: oh, yeah, like yeah. when do when do you hear the argument of like it's it goes against nature? Yeah. It's like yeah. usually homophobes and like transphobes. It's, it's a slippery slope. It's nature's way of telling you, Adam and
6: Steve.
5: <laughs>
1: This song is... Because it's also nothing changes. It's the same. It's that same all the way through. Like, at Mm.
2: no point... I guess there's a little... They speed
5: it up. They speed
3: up those notes,
2: Joey. And then he just comes back to singing the same thing. (laughs) But, like, there's a a little, like, Baroque uh, vocal arrangement that that tries to make the return of the bullshit better, Uh but, like, it's so... <laughs> confounding. It's so confounding. uh, um, This is some bad, bad music right here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Spencer, what were your notes? It builds here? to
3: nothing. <laughs>
2: My notes were just basically what we've already been talking about. Uh, that that's is the, the worst that's song it. ever. Okay, These are my great. Notes. <laughs> yeah, essentially. I was it's like, re- it would be this the worst is the one song so far, if not for "Under the Hood," "Under That Hood." Under <laughs> I that think this hood, song is
1: worse than worst. "Under That Hood."
3: But at but least, why isn't it under the? Hood? Like, it, it even fails at its crappy pun.
1: <laughs> oh. Um. All right. Uh. Now it's time for the, fu- the track seven, Don't Waste My Time, which the funniest thing about this is I asked Joe and Spencer uh, if there are any clips you want me to pull. Let me know, and they both mentioned the same clip from this <laughs>
3: song, but for different reasons. Wait, so we gotta play the beginning of the I know that, we're, that, gonna that the we're gonna clip? get there. We're gonna get there. I'm amazed. So, I'm all right, amazed. So here's
1: the beginning of Don't Waste
3: My Time. Stairway to Heaven intro?
7: There's no one home, up but a singing, all alone. Patch of blue peaks, through the gray, All right, uh, a ray of hope. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. There's no sin committed, no sin confessed. All
1: right, so the thing that really hit me about this song is uh, this is like a real singer's song, right, Joe?
4: It's really, in many ways, a modern day lullaby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe was texting me and said, "Okay, I finally heard Don't Waste My Time and just started laughing. I think I like this now.
6: (laughs)
4: Well, I was so mad that I had to listen to this, and then hearing this fucking twinkly fucking bullshit, where because when you also you can tell when you can tell he's like trying stuff. Uh huh. Like I don't. You would think you would maybe respect him, but no, it's the opposite. Like, Shuts. Uh-huh. Um, oh, baby is crying. <laughs> no. Whatever.
6: Fucking who, bullshit.
4: Whose
2: whose time is. Who, who is wasting his time? Did we get to that? It's not clear.
5: It's mine. I
6: almost think that.
3: I mean, you can, count, you can count on him every time to make the laziest rhyme possible.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Just like, safe at home, no one called in on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. No.
5: Um. So, yeah, Joe. I said, maybe she won't be my baby. <laughs> um.
1: So Joe and Spencer asked for the same clip. But so this yes. is the longest clip we're going to hear. Okay, the beautiful. front part is Spencer's request. The back part is Joe's request. So Perfect. Perfect. here we go.
7: Walking here like some diplomat Saying good to see did you catch my ass? Don't want to talk about
0: those things I
7: did Just call it water under the
5: bridge <laughs> not face right now
1: Okay, so I think it's clear why Spencer requested the part he did. Joe, you requested (laughs) these violins. Do you want to talk about why?
4: (laughs) So the melody of these violins... Is in... That's the Bridge of the Bends by Radiohead.
5: (laughs) Oh, shit! (laughs) Oh,
4: it's like, uh, like that? to a note oh yeah <laughs> it comes in at like a minute into in the song The Benz by Radiohead the title track of their second album uh,
5: Baby's got the alright
4: um
1: Spencer we don't have any okay Sean friends. we know what the Benz sounds like um
2: as sung by James Dolan <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah come yeah. on <laughs> No, I would say I would so so. The reason I flip flip this that's so amazing, Joe, and and I I, I didn't catch that. I think that's not JD's fault. I think that's a that's a little that's uh-huh. a little uh, uh, something from the the band. But yeah. I, I would say that uh, I I wanted to pull this not only because this is like the closest he gets to belting, yeah, which is mm. like so uncomfortable sounding. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play that just that
1: part again. I'm all right, here. We go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's the wrong Don't ride pill. I'm playing the wrong track. Hold on.
6: Sorry.
5: Oh, <laughs> oh God. Just call
7: water under the breeze.
2: Oh, it's it's it hurts a little bit, but like I also I just I, I that's the first thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that at the end of the bridge, he's singing the word bridge. Uh-huh. And yeah. then, oh, I, yes. know, and then uh-huh. I noticed, because Joe brought it up two minutes ago, that they're copying another bridge.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Seconds
6: <laughs> <later>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's truly, that's a bridge, that's a bridge, that's a bridge play or something. Um,
1: that's a bridge too far. Well, what right? struck me when I just listened to this now, just this part.
5: Yes, call it one. Is gonna, if you if, if you
1: disconnect just the that belting, yeah. it's not that bad. It sounds almost like it's like uh, the church or something like something real new wavy. Do you uh, know what uh, I
6: mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's Echoing the buddy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: but the it's it's really the juxtaposition of the lead up and that and also the style of music he's chosen to sing. Alright. Um.
3: Yeah. Like, that there's uh, a lot of bad stuff in it. <laughs> Lordy.
1: Um Spencer. Uh, do you have any notes you wanna give other than those parts on Don't Waste My said, Time? <laughs> I
2: just said I was now getting the feeling of what it, that feeling again of what it's like to deal with this guy singing an entire album's worth of songs <laughs> in his own voice so that he thinks are very, very clever. And also I, I just was like, what is this about other than ambient spite? I just don't know. Like I don't I don't
5: understand.
3: It I is- mean, this is this is a guy making you come to his karaoke private room birthday party and singing <laughs> every song
6: yeah.
3: <laughs> yes and he and all he has is like i got i got some uh i got some miller light pitchers <laughs> <laughs>
1: um all right let's move on to um i think my favorite track on this album because it's insane uh this is the title track of the album ballyhoo oh uh and here's how this one begins <laughs> Yup, it's a guitar. Mhm. But just wait.
7: Yeah. Step right up. Just cost a dime, <laughs> sir. You've never seen anything quite like this before. Right through this door, <laughs> every fantasy you've been
3: waiting for. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> this price point uh, is ridiculous. you see.
7: Time that we bring out-
1: okay, so I have a theory about what this song is actually about. This is the only one other than the Trayvon Martin one where I think I know what this one is about. Oh, good. Mm, okay. Good, so he's yeah. singing about um, the circus. No, well, no. I think this is him talking about how he's always getting bad media coverage, how the New York press hates him,
2: Mm.
1: because it's entirely about like the masses paying a quarter to see a freak and making them feel bad.
3: (laughs) Joey, everybody's got a freak inside.
1: Well, hey i i pulled two clips from this one um so first off uh i just pulled he had some questions uh that i would like you each to answer
7: uh here is a clip of some questions have you ever seen an alligator woman have you ever seen a two-headed child does it make you feel a little more normal see a wolf man running wild all right, so... <laughs> All right, so
1: we'll
3: go
6: through <laughs> them
1: one by one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah please. One please. by one by one. Have you ever seen an alligator woman? All right. Have you ever seen an alligator woman, Sean?
3: Uh no, I have I have not seen an alligator woman.
1: Uh Spencer, have you ever seen an alligator woman? No. Joe, have you ever seen an alligator woman?
4: Yeah, oh, no, no, sorry.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, let's. Uh, here's his next question. Have you ever seen a two-headed child? All right, uh, Joe, we'll start with you. Have you ever seen a two-headed child?
4: Um, maybe on like 2020 when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I think I saw one once on like the Guinness Book of World Records. Those guys that are uh, the conjoined twins, maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I
4: don't you know. know if I they're think...
1: children, though. They're adults. No, I've
4: seen I, there was a, there was a girl, a two-headed girl. It was on, I think it was on 2020, it was Primetime Live or something, mm-hmm. but definitely that's that's the kind of image that, you know, stays with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like this song. Um,
3: Sean, Absolutely.
1: have you ever seen a two-headed child?
3: Uh, I actually saw one at the Neutral Milk Hotel. Mm-hmm. There was a two-headed boy. Uh, no. Uh <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have seen uh, that was like uh well you know when I was working on the presidential campaign for Dr. Ben Carson uh, mm-hmm. that's that's one of his big accomplishments is separating uh Siamese twins at the head
1: mm-hmm. um Spencer have you ever seen a two-headed child
2: um it looks just like a like a jpeg maybe <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> not otherwise
1: all right uh next question from JD does it make you feel a little more we can skip that one. Um. Well, this See is connected to the next part. Oh, yeah. sorry. This you're is, correct. Yeah, you're it yeah, yeah, make you, you right. feel a bit more
4: normal to, <laughs> yeah. to, to what I make,
6: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make you
7: feel a little more normal. See a wolf man
4: running wild. All right, Joe. Um, does it make? I'm gonna you- say. I'm gonna say <laughs> definitively no. It does not make me feel normal to see a running man running. Wild. In fact, it would make me feel insane. It would make me doubt everything about everything I thought I knew uh, about reality. So um, um, that's a, that's an obvious and, and quick, like absolutely not. I, I promise you, JD. Huh. It's not gonna make me feel a bit more normal. It's gonna make me like feel like I've I've lost my tether.
1: <laughs> um Sean, does it make you feel any more normal to see
5: a wolf man
3: running wild? No, but also like He's so excited, like I, I don't. It's making me not understand the mechanics of the freak show. <laughs> also, because like is gonna murder everybody.
4: His answer is clearly yes.
3: Like he's leading, <laughs> he's leading you to be yeah, like, yeah, you, come You, like right? you, you want Like he's trying mm-hmm. to get you to come to the show, and he's promising you all these things. Um. But I, I, I just don't know how that works in the context of The Freak Show, I guess. Um,
1: Spencer, does it make you feel more normal to see a wolf man running wild?
3: I think so, yeah. yeah. I think
1: that's okay.
2: That's, I, feel, I feel good All about right. it.
1: Uh, I can actually speak for from experience here. I once saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand and I did oh. not feel good oh, about
4: yeah. it. Oh, yeah, right. his hair was perfect. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, would like to, I would like to share a description Um, of what James Dolan put on to where that he had a concert on the day of the 2017 uh uh NBA draft to like prove how hands off he was with the show, and also it just sounded like maybe a a date became available that he didn't expect. Um, Mm -hmm. this is a thank you, thank you, SB Nation writer Charlotte Wilder for your Mm -hmm. journalism service. Uh, so he, um sorry um he put at one point Dolan put on a top hat a pair of aviator sunglasses Mm -hmm. and draped a (laughs) scarf over his ill-fitting velvet blazer his self-described carnival master outfit made him look like the legendary Muppet band leader Dr. Teeth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that sounds about So,
1: everyone, I want you to close your eyes and imagine James Dolan wearing that and then singing this. Everyone got a freak inside.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Come on.
1: Which is the worst part of this album, is this section here.
7: Everyone got a freak inside. All right. J.D.
2: So, 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 I... I have one more video I have to comment on, okay. which is Sean just talked about the the outfit. I don't yeah. have to imagine it because he I basically saw it, and you can too on YouTube. <laughs> if you if you look up ballyhoo, JD and the Straight Shot mm-hmm. ballyhoo, you, you you will find a video posted by somebody named Walter Wooters, mm-hmm. and. Great. I, Sort of like a yeah, it's kind of a Dutch name because uh it was it was performed at the Mulan Blues Festival in the oh, Netherlands, uh-huh, great where their gig was. Um, this is one of the more embarrassing live performance videos I've seen, I think. <laughs> I, I wrote down this very specific outfit, Sean, that you mentioned. Uh I wrote down that he's doing cosplay as steampunk Elvis Costello. <laughs> because he's wearing a top hat and round the round sunglasses he's mm-hmm. doing the the vocal you would think he's creating some grand performance opportunity for himself as an mc mm-hmm. to, to like do this patter yeah. this performance uh it proves that idea desperately wrong it's almost like boldly unperformative he barely commits he mm-hmm. just says it off from memory while wearing this outfit and then he leaves and the band starts their breakdown riff and they play it for like two and a half minutes straight, just speeding up the entire time to get the band, like the audience pumped. Mm-hmm. And when they're finished, he comes back and finishes the song and there's, it's like every tire and every car deflating
7: at the same time.
2: Just yeah, because like, he
7: said this. Everyone got a freak inside.
6: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, but he's barely even, he, performance, he doesn't even sing it. It's the, it's... <laughs> If, this is unacceptable stuff. And and <laughs> I really thought that it was basically like Tom Waits. Like earlier in the album, I thought like there's like a horseshoe theory where this is on one end and Tom Waits is on the other. End. <laughs> and and like this is the song that like ended up proving that theory. Correct. <laughs> um, Four more tracks
1: here to talk about. Let's <laughs> yeah, just <let's>, uh... go <laughs> through these here. Uh, we got Hard to Find is the next track. Uh Honestly, don't remember anything about this track. Here's how it goes. At this point, I Oh, was like, wait. All right. No, hold on. This is what I think is actually the most offensive track on this album. <laughs> hold on. What? Okay.
2: I was like, this is a generic country wall. It's okay. The whole progression. All right, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump. I'm
0: all out
7: of luck. (laughs) I'm all out of time.
1: Okay, you know how earlier the reason to me this is the most offensive track on this album is you know how earlier we were talking about how this feels racist? His singing voice. (laughs)
6: This (laughs) is
1: like he's doing whiteface. Um, because. At, there are parts of this song Where he literally says like I used to roll a seven But now I don't have a dime And it's like This is a billionaire Singing this song About mm-hmm. like being like A poor
7: country guy uh, I ain't got no hope <laughs> No got reason it. all right. rhyme What's up? One day life's a-plenty, then dollars turn to pennies, and you're stuck in the back of the line. I once rolled a seven, and I lost it all betting. Now I'm scrambling for a dime.
1: Cannot be a billionaire singing that. No, uh, you,
3: no. You cannot scrambling sing for that. A dime. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why he's scrambling for a dime? Though,
1: but uh, why? He
3: wants to go see Ballyhoo. <laughs> he wants to see that alligator woman. <laughs> <laughs> They should warn him yep.
5: about the wolf, man. He's out of control. <laughs>
4: it is, Running wild. It's Save so, your dime,
1: friend. It's so offensive. If this were a cover, he could do it. But this is an original song. <laughs> the man's dad gave him the New York Knicks and Madison Square Garden. You cannot sing about how you have no luck and you're poor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JD.
3: This is a bridge too far for me. Yeah, he's doing poor face. It's yes. actually he's doing blackface voice, I guess. But No, just... this
1: is like George. This is like, a, um, what's his face? Um. This is like Tammy Wynette face. He's, singing <laughs> he's kind yeah. of singing
3: like George Strait a little bit, but more like George Jones, I guess. Yeah, I
1: was singing George Jones, but no, it's Tammy Wynette. This is Tammy Wynette face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I just wrote. I wrote that. I wrote that lyric down, the one about the the seven, the <laughs> lot rolling a seven, and then also like he's like at some point he's like, "Oh Lord, give me a sign," and I'm just like. Nothing has ever been more phoned in in history (laughs) than him singing that.
1: Also, I don't really want to get into it, but, uh... If you roll a seven in craps, most of the time that's bad. You lost. (laughs) Most of the time you lost. There is one condition where seven is a winner. Most of the time it's the loser. Not to quibble with old Jimmy, Jimmy D here. Um... Joe, anything you got to say about the country waltz? Hard to find.
4: Um, uh, seven and Beton is a really, really <laughs> it's a <rough> bad le- <laughs> rhyme. That's <Yeah. laughs> not very. Ba- al- almo- almost doesn't qualify as a rhyme at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And how dare he? But I, I, I echo your sentiments about like you cannot talk about like I'm looking for a dime. Like you, you've always had a hundred million dollars at least at any given moment in your life.
6: Like, fuck
3: off. Uh, uh, also, the Knicks have not lacked for point guards. They have plenty of dimes. You know what I mean.
6: <laughs>
1: um. All right. Uh. Oh yeah. I did want to say. About Don't Waste My Time. I'm going back there. I actually think Don't Waste My Time is the most honest song on this album because going back to the Knicks, I want you guys to know the Knicks months went 20 years without giving a rookie they drafted a second contract.
4: Well, Well, yeah, yeah. Don't Waste My Time is definitely a thing he has said out loud. Of all these titles, he has definitely said Don't Waste My Time to many people many times.
1: Um, all right, uh, here's uh Here He Comes. This one also like a fake religious song. Hate this one. Anyway, here yeah. we go.
6: God
7: <laughs> in fields, eyes of steel. <laughs> Hear the gospel song from a boy named John, so clear and strong. Watch
0: him. All
6: right,
7: I want to point out that Joe just heard that lyric and
1: immediately put his head in his hands.
0: His
4: name is John. The boy
3: sucks. Uh, And then I'm gonna skip ahead here. I heard this from
0: John, and that's the gospel.
1: My reaction to this song was, uh, he watched an episode of Deadwood one time and was like, I bet we could get our song on the final credits, on the closing credits of Deadwood. Uh, and it was the intro credits to Hell on Wheels on no, AMC. No.
6: Oh my
1: god. Not this song, but a song by <laughs> JD and the Straight Shot. Oh, really? is. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, I don't remember exactly what, but it sounds... It's a song that sounds exactly like this. Uh w-
4: was Hell on Wheels the show everybody made fun of because they kept promoting it during Breaking Bad?
1: No, that was uh What was that? Low
2: Winter Sun.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, That's cool.
4: a great poll, Joey.
3: I'm very impressed. Um, all right.
2: I've heard I have I wrote I just the the one I the one note that's worth saying here is I have heard more lazily constructed songs than this one, but to what end? <laughs> Is that the case? Like that? Like that's just the question I keep asking myself.
1: All right, and then we've got two more songs left. Uh, This one is called "I'll See You
4: Again." Is this not the final track? No, there's there's a bonus track. Right. I didn't get to the bonus track me it neither because this is track. to me like Guys, this is the just this is this is the goodbye but
3: uh, I'm yeah, sorry okay go
2: we'll, go ahead. we'll, we'll go talk ahead. about the bonus track <laughs> when we get to
5: the bonus track okay
6: okay, okay. <laughs> ah. Ah. beautiful who
7: fights and everyone knows tucking in your chin delivers the blow again
1: it's the same it's the same we've been listening to the entire yeah, time So in
2: your heart <laughs> for a while <laughs> so the topic of this song is the afterlife as far as i can tell and it's mm-hmm. like like trying to figure out like what is the what is coming after death but like but it it he doesn't know like like no one knows and And yet he's he's like doing that thing where he's like asserting that he does like Mm -hmm. a kind of does. He's like, I will see. I think I'll see you again. Like, that's as much as I can say (laughs) so far. I'll I'll be seeing you again.
1: There's a lot of fake religion on this album that feels like it's religion for the sake of he thinks these songs are supposed to be religious. Uh, At no point does it feel like he believes it. And it's a um,
2: classic ending song, too, because he's like, I know you might think that this is the end. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're threatening me to end it. Just <laughs> stop, this. <laughs> stop this now. <laughs>
3: Cease this silliness.
1: Um, Sean, is there do you have anything to say about uh, the final regular track on this album?
3: No, I was just I was just so happy uh, for a little bit. When it was halfway through, because I was like, <laughs> the album's over. And, yeah. you know. I
4: mean, it definitely
3: sounds like the album's over, too.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: It is yeah. very
3: Happy Trails. So I, was like, I was like, well, we made it.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: We never said, have to do this again
6: mm-hmm. for three, says, years. <laughs> three years.
2: <laughs> he says, I've heard it said that you just fade away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he's, po-ing, he's painting himself as like a poet of the earth some folksy wanderer like an intellectual traveler like a spiritual I mean, traveler
3: this is, this is a, a very very rich man yeah. with no accountability for anything that he does mm-hmm. no he's dumb too like yeah <laughs> that's the main
2: thing
1: alright Spencer any notes on I'll see you again that's or, it
2: that's all I got alright
1: Um. well and then of course there was the final track uh, and that one goes like this Why are you
6: on Facebook on Facebook. Why are you on Facebook? 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 <laughs>
1: that is Why are you on Facebook? By Van Morrison. All right, um, that's our episode. <laughs> um, John, uh, let's go with uh, Joe. Where can people watch your new special? Well, it's your newly titled special.
4: Yes, newly titled. It's now titled recommended based on your search history. You can find it on YouTube by searching Joe Quazala Helium, or I guess you could search the title too. There's many ways. One of the easier ways, though, to see my stand up, to see my sketch videos, to eventually, hopefully, listen uh, to my upcoming album is to just follow me on uh instagram and tiktok at joe qua j-o-e-k-w-a and joe K, joe K on i'm gonna call it twitter i'm not calling it an x
6: yeah
1: good job but,
4: um yeah if you follow me on those places you can see all the the uh massive amounts of of shit that i put out um to varying degrees of success
1: um spencer where can our uh where can our lovely listeners uh donate to get your record
2: pressed I'm going to, it's, it's, it's miserable to read. A it's Kickstarter a Kickstarter. Link. I'll put the so, link
1: in the episode description. How about yeah, that? Yeah.
2: So, so, but what you, what you, what you can do is follow me on Instagram at S O timeshare. If you, if you have any interest in doing so, uh, uh, that's where you can find the link in my, in my bio. It's in my bio right now. Um, for my, uh, Bizarre but highly listenable, I promise, and very enjoyable uh, 40-minute composition based on a 60s uh, rock tune called Let Her Dance by Bobby Fuller 4. It's
1: one of the great songs ever. Um, Sean, is there anything you would like to plug?
3: Yeah, I'll be performing at Coyote Sonoma in Healdsburg, California on Friday, August 18th
1: um great and then as for me you can always first off i should say sean thank you for sending me the frankie Muniz racing uh, t-shirt out of the blue
3: um (laughs) now i'm on his uh mailing list which is uh kind of amazing because it's all apologies basically (laughs) like it it is uh the closing track of in utero every time he's just like uh we ship this as soon as we, we had some trouble with the skeleton design but we're really we're gonna get it together it it they they actually seem like they deliver things really fast to me but uh he doesn't feel good about his ability to deliver these promptly i think he wants to like overnight his Muniz gear, which is mm-hmm. admirable, but like it's he definitely never
1: been wanted to over over, uh, overnight all of his olive oil when he briefly had an olive oil company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: And then as, as, <laughs> as,
6: as
1: for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where 31214 I tweeted If I accidentally put a live scorpion in my mouth and chewed on it, am I going to die? Don't ask how that happened, but my tongue is numb uh thank you joe i promise we'll never make you do this again spencer owen thank you so much i promise we probably will make you do this again um trust the I'm process here.
3: trust the process and,
1: uh shut it down uh everyone got a freak inside <laughs> Oh. Uh, and we're going to hear Spencer's, uh, a portion of Spencer's song here. To yeah, the trailer edit. This is the yeah. trailer edit <laughs> <laughs> of Letter Dance by Spencer Owen and James Rabbit.